welcome to Multiversal Q, your guide of the comic book multiverse. I'm Podcast Form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And you're... In Vermont. On vacation, so if you're hearing a slight humming, that's what that humming is. Yep. It's, it's a beautiful hum of Vermont. It is. Ever present and slightly annoying. Yes. And this week we are covering... Craven's Last Hunt. And Craven's Last Hunt was a six-issue uh, series spanning across three different Spider-Man series back at a time when that was a thing. Well, back when they were all about Spider-Man. You mean, I mean they're always still bit about Spider-Man. But now, oh, when they were always about Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Yes. Well... At the same time, mostly? Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you say that, I still have three Spider-Man books starring Peter Parker Spider-Man. But there's, like, the one where it's the past stories, and then there's the one where he's a big businessman, and then what's the third one? Uh, maybe it's just the two right now. He appears in, like, all the other ones. All the time yeah. Uh, it ran in Web of Spider-Man 31 through 32, Amazing Spider-Man 293 through 294, and Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man 131 through 132. Oh, also, well, actually, also, no, I still say it would count because Amazing Spider-Man is published twice a month, which is the reason they did that. This is during the time when it was uh, it was only published once a month. Yeah. Which is actually, that was actually basically the big thing, was Marvel was trying to make it so that you would always be buying Spider-Man. So they canceled publishing so many Spider-Man titles because people are getting mad about that and just had them publish Amazing, originally for three times a month and now just twice. Yeah, I remember some of the uh, three times a month reading. I mean, there's good stuff that came out, but for a while you had uh, creative teams switching out really fast. Yeah. Which you, uh... Dan Slott did it on his own for a while. Yeah, though that was also like the only book he was writing at the time, I believe. Yes. Well, maybe with, fair, uh, it's two books now. Yeah, with uh, Brand New Day. Yeah. Well, now he's also doing uh, Silver Surfer. Yeah. No, no, that's Which, what I'm saying. He's only done, yeah. he only does one other book now. Yeah. But, uh... Craven's Last Hunt was written by J.M.D. Mateus with pencils by Mike Zeck, inks by Bob McLeod, and Janet Jackson, Bob Sharon, and Mike Zeck on colors, with Rick Parker on the letters. And I think we should probably go over, like, the status quo at the time, because that's important. Yes. So, at the time, Peter Parker is in his black suit, and it's not the symbiote, right? No, he had gotten rid of the symbiote suit. Okay, yeah. And he's also just now married Mary Jane. They're getting ready to move in together. And she knows that he is Spider-Man. Yes. There's also Craven the Hunter, who is Sergei Kravinov. And he's old as balls. He's been preserving himself through chemicals and magic and stuff like that. He is the world's greatest hunter. But his biggest failure has been defeating and killing Spider-Man. Basically. There's Why also he lost his TV show. Did he have a TV show in this universe, or was that only the uh, Ultimate Universe? I don't know if it was a TV show. So it was the '60s, but like it was like a big thing. Like he was like a celebrity, and that's like what he was known for. Okay. And like, like that's why he was in America was to hunt him. Ah, okay. 
And then there is Vermin, who was a genetic scientist who had been working for Baron Zemo and Armin Zola, with an asterisk point there, but that asterisk is not very important. And he was turned into a cannibalistic rat man, and he was stopped by Captain America and Spider-Man working together. And then there was Ned Leeds, who had been a reporter, who had married Betty Brandt, and he had worked with Spider-Man, and he was killed. Yep. And he was framed to be the Hobgoblin. Well, I thought he was drugged to be the Hobgoblin. Yeah, but then when he was killed, I was like also like kind of implied as well. Okay. They're trying. They're trying to keep it going more. Yeah, he got killed because he was do- like investigating some drug deal in the Fantastic Wolverine Spider-Man crossover. Though, like, no one had told the other teams that he was going to be killed off in that. Yes. Which sort of screwed over some of the other teams. I did research this week. And so we start the series off with Sergei Krivinov in his mansion. He's old now. He's the son of dethroned Russian aristocrats who had fled the Soviet Union. And since then, he's found his only meaning in the hunt. And he's aware that he's dying right now. He's got a casket prepared in his house. And we see, like, cuts of him fighting, like, statues and just ripping shit up cut in with like images of him digging a grave in front of his mansion yep meanwhile spider-man in his black suit appears during the funeral ceremony for joe face who had been a mobster and a snitch as the gangsters and toughs are ready to attack him spider-man just puts in some money so that joe face can properly get buried as he's as he's pondering his own mortality and Basically, all the people who he's loved and cared for and then lost. And and he gets back to his apartment and he notices a spider crawling up the wall. And he leaves it alone, only to wake up in this moment of panic. As we get this sense that uh, Craven's weird rituals are somehow affecting Spider-Man and reaching him. And he, like, has this dream of being covered in spiders... And when he wakes up, he sees that spider from before crawling on his hand, and he kills it. Meanwhile, back in the mansion, Craven is in a room that is filling with spiders that he is eating as they cover his body, because Craven is insane as hell. Craven's into all that type of weird stuff. Yeah, like, Craven is beautifully deranged in this story. And so Spider-Man heads out on patrol, but he is not doing well. He's feeling worried. He feels... Like this massive sense of unease. And then a dart ends up striking him. And he sees Joe Face's ghost before him. And then it clears off to reveal Craven the Hunter. And the spider-related rituals that Craven has been doing are effectively messing with Spider-Man. Because normally he should have been able to dodge that. And Spider-Man keeps seeing Joe Face appearing, allowing Craven to capture him in a net. And it's some sort of super net that he can't escape from. And that's when Craven pulls out the rifle. And Spider-Man is trying to fight the drugs and the net, and he realizes something is up as Craven points the rifle at him and fires. We cut back to the mansion where Craven has Spider-Man in the casket being lowered into the grave that he had dug as he starts to put dirt over the coffin. And Spider-Man is still in his costume, which is the other important thing, because he does not find out who Spider-Man is because he wants to capture Spider-Man, not whoever is. In the costume. I was going to say, he honestly doesn't care who it is. Exactly. And when it's done, Craven returns dressed as Spider-Man as this large rat scurries across through the pouring rain. And, like, 
trying to convey like some of the imagery that they do because there's a lot of really small moments. There's lots of moments that are very artistically added in, like with rats and spiders showing up in the city. Like, this is a story that if you're going to read a Spider-Man story, this is worth reading. Oh, for sure. No, I mean, it's one of the best Spider-Man stories I've ever written. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the city, a woman is walking through the rain. She gets startled by one of these large rats, and then she ends up getting pulled into the sewers with a caption that just reads, Yum. And she's afraid as her captor reveals himself to be Vermin, who's narrating these descriptions of her and how, like, her smell and her looks make him want to eat her. Meanwhile, Spider-Man's new wife, Mary Jane, is waiting for him because he was supposed to help her move in with him, but he is missing, which isn't really all that different for Spider-Man. And meanwhile, she finds this large rat in her apartment, and she ends up killing it before, like, realizing what she's done and becoming horrified by it. I mean, these are some big-ass rats. Oh, yeah. Like, it's bigger than the shoe she squishes it with. Mm-hmm. And Craven, meanwhile, patrols the city as Spider-Man, hoping to prove himself to be the superior Spider-Man. And he then returns home to assemble the mantle of the spider. And he enters into this room to help start his transformation. And he... He's tripping on drugs. He's questioning what he's doing as he drinks this mixture of, like, poisons and herbs, and then his body starts to writhe in pain as he hallucinates even more. And he sees the Spider-Man as the symbol of what destroyed honor and what destroyed the aristocratic Russia and just everything else that is wrong with the world. And he ends up smashing into this large tank of spiders that he had in the room for craven reasons, and they end up congealing into this massive spider made out of spiders. And then he becomes afraid. Yeah. Back in the sewers, as Vermin and his rats finish eating the woman, he's filled with fear at this picture of Spider-Man in the newspaper that he had seen, because Spider-Man had previously defeated him, and he's like, I want to fight the Spider-Man. So he goes up to the uh, sewer, but as soon as he gets to the top of the manhole, the spider drops down and he just cowers back into the sewers in fear. Back in the streets, Mary Jane is walking to get some help to... Uh, just like clearer mind and she ends up getting catcalled by these like muscular guys and she tells them to get stuffed which good for you you should not have to deal with catcalling except that what happens next is sort of exactly what you'd expect to happen because people are horrible in his little boy short shorts yes and I, i'm i'm more concerned about what those guys are doing at like midnight in workout gear in like the middle of new york city in the rain mm-hmm. they're going to get sick they're going to get head colds and then their muscles are all going to die and then they'll get eaten by rats mm-hmm. hopefully and back in the mansion craven is facing the giant spider and he's worried about what's going to happen if it turns out that he's wrong about what he's trying to do and what if he can't win as his fears consume him and he realizes the only way to defeat his fears is to truly become spider-man and meanwhile, Vermin's like, no, nah, I, I definitely need to kill Spider-Man. And meanwhile, Mary Jane is being chased by the two men who are ready to assault her. And Mary Jane just smiles because she sees Spider-Man appear. And then Spider-Man just picks up one of the guys and smashes him into the wall. And then he brutally like starts beating on the other one and Mary Jane tells him to stop. And 
that's when she realizes it's not Spider-Man. It's not Peter Parker. And that's when Vermin also takes the time to go out and look for food. And back at Spider-Man's grave, which the headstone reads, Here lies Spider-Man. We see a spider appearing on the tombstone. Slain by the hunter, no less. Mm-hmm. Well, that's how you do the branding. We then cut over to Spider-Man attacking this group of drug dealers, killing some of them as the police burst in trying to stop him. And they notice what he's been doing, and they're divided because, like, he's leaving them in hospitals instead of leaving them webbed up. And meanwhile, Craven's on a rooftop, and he declares himself to be truly superior. Vermin ends up pulling a woman to an alley as bait for Spider-Man, but he ends up getting spied on by two police officers. He ends up jumping at their police car, pulling out one of the officers who's set upon by this, like, massive swarm of rats. And his partner, who's a woman, comes out. She shoots Vermin in the side, but Vermin's attracted to her. So, like, when she demands that he stops the rats, he, he does. And then he grabs her, licks her face, and runs off, and it's, it's disturbing. That's because Vermin's not a person. Yeah. Pretty much at this stage in the game. Mary Jane stops in to visit Joe Robertson at, like, one in the morning, because it's been, like, over a week since she's seen Peter, and she wants to trust him with Peter's secret, but she can't. And back in his mansion, Craven prepares for his next target, because Vermin has been, like, showing up in the newspapers as the cannibal killer, and he begins stabbing at this rat in a cage, and just like Spider-Man's ritual, Vermin can feel this as Craven prepares for his last test as Spider-Man. He ends up assaulting Vermin in the sewers, and Vermin remembers how the last time that he had faced Spider-Man, Spider-Man was accompanied by Captain America, and he's like, I can beat you now. And the fight just becomes this brutal knockout dragout fight because Spider-Man would be hiding in the sewers, he'd be like webbing him up and stuff. And Craven is just wrestling him and beating the shit out of him. And Vermin's a cheater and bites. Mm-hmm. Craven ends up knocking him out and carries him back through the rain, through the streets, back to his mansion. And we flash back to Peter in this white space. He's naked and he sees Ned Leeds. And Peter suddenly remembers that Ned is supposed to be dead and so Ned crumbles into a corpse as Peter just wants to be left alone. But his reality is subsumed as it, like, turns black, and then he finds himself walking as this spider who ends up getting struck by these shadowy figures, and it gets killed. And as it lays there dying, Peter Parker ends up emerging out of the spider because the truth is, Peter Parker loves people, and he's just a normal guy, and that's ultimately his strength compared to, like, so many other people. And that's when he finds himself in the coffin, and he's able to escape. And, like, as we see flashes of Craven shooting him, he gets out of there. He stumbles into Craven's mansion, finds that he's been trapped in there for two weeks, and starts destroying the mansion. Because he wouldn't have suffocated or anything. Spider powers. Yep. And as the two guards show up, they consider, like, running away from him. But they're like, oh, no, he's probably really weak. And, like, Spider-Man just beats him up. And that's when Craven shows up. 
because he's ready to meet with Spider-Man as he has vermin trapped in this electrified cage. Spider-Man ends up returning home to Mary Jane, who's been absolutely distraught, and the two reconcile. But later that night, he gets back up and realizes he still needs to stop Craven despite Mary Jane's objections. And when he returns to the mansion, he finds Craven waiting for him. Craven recounts how his mother had killed herself, and he sees her as being driven mad by the spider, the representation of an unnoble society. And he's gotten to the point where he recognizes that Spider-Man is simply a man. It's no longer this beast. It's no longer this figure. And when they meet up, Spider-Man punches him in the face and Craven just smiles because as he sees it, he's won. It's like Craven killed him, buried him, and replaced him. Craven proved that he is a superior Spider-Man, which is why he let him live, because if he killed Spider-Man, he couldn't prove that. Craven takes off Spider-Man's outfit, puts back on his Craven costume, and leads Spider-Man down to Vermin's cage. And Craven's like, I defeated him alone. Spider-Man, you weren't able to do that. And Vermin has no idea what's going on, except that Spider-Man beat him up and left him in a cage. And as Craven is crowing about his victory, Spider-Man attacks him again. But Craven's just treating him as this curiosity. And then he frees Vermin and expects Spider-Man to kill him. And Craven ends up goading Vermin into attacking Spider-Man. Spider-Man tries to reason with Vermin, but it, it it's no good. And so Spider-Man goes into this rage. And he could kill Vermin, but he stops as Craven looks on. And then Vermin ends up attacking him again. And before Vermin kills Spider-Man, Craven stops Vermin and releases him back into the streets. And he's like, Spider-Man is only a man to me now. He's a good man. And Craven helps him get up to the stairs so he can chase down Vermin. And Spider-Man doesn't really trust him until Craven promises that he is never going to hunt again. And Spider-Man leaves Craven alone. And Craven reflects that he has finally found happiness. Then he picks up a rifle, reflects on his mother who had killed herself, and then he shoots himself in the head, falling into the casket that he had set up. Spider-Man is meanwhile crawling through a sewer tunnel, fighting off a swarm of rats as Craven's servants lower his coffin into the grave, next to Spider-Man's grave. The police have shown up, and they've discovered that Craven confessed to all of his actions, and Spider-Man finds Vermin, and the two end up wrestling until Spider-Man disappears, which sends Vermin into this frenzy of panic. Spider-Man webs him up and tries to convince him that he can help, but when he mentions taking Vermin out of the darkness, it just enrages him more. Spider-Man starts running through the sewers and escapes out a manhole, with Vermin following him, but it turns out that he drew him into a busy street where he was almost hit by a car, and Spider-Man ends up saving him and then webs him up, because he's disoriented by the light, and Spider-Man promises to have Reed Richards take a look at him. And Spider-Man, unaware of Craven's fate and confession, returns home to Mary Jane, and they embrace as this like, beautiful new day dawns, there's finally no more rain, and back at Craven's manor, he's buried, and his grave says that he died with honor. And that's the end of Craven's last hunt. Sort of. Sort of. Because there was the uh, follow-up story afterwards where it's like, apparently Spider-Man had to fight his ghost. 
Yeah, I actually have it in my hand right now. I have that book. Yeah, because uh, a lot of people saw the story as glorifying suicide. Yeah, which they're fools. Wrong. Yeah. And uh, then eventually, because of comic reasons, Kraven got resuscitated, and now Spider-Man is the only person who can kill him. But Spider-Man won't kill him, and so he's ended up fighting even bigger game, and he became friends with Squirrel Girl and Howard the Duck. Excellent. Those issues were excellent. And... And Craven also we, now hates his life. Again. Yeah. Because Craven's mad at his family for bringing him back as he wanted to stay dead. Which, I can't blame him. Nope. He finally had happiness, mm-hmm. and then his garbage sons brought him back. Actually, it was mostly his garbage daughters. Yeah. But we told you that story so we could tell you this much, much worse story. Uh, what if Craven had killed Spider-Man? Which takes place on Earth 9009. It is in Volume 2, Number 17 of What If? And it was written and penciled by Richard Howell with inks by Marie Severin, letters by Diane Albers, and colors by Nell Yamatov. But yeah, no, this was a bad book. Yeah, Craven ends up killing Spider-Man instead of shrinking him. And in this universe, like, Mary Jane starts to worry. And... After she ran into Spider Craven, who saved her from the uh, gym guys, she called Joe Robertson to find out what happened to Peter, and hears that he's supposedly out on assignment. And then she travels to Flash Thompson, and the two go to meet J. Jonah Jameson, who isn't really a help since he just wants his pictures of Spider-Man, and he's not getting pictures of Spider-Man. And so next they head off to the Human Torch, so... Like, he can help look for Peter Parker, because he knows Peter Parker, and because Spider-Man has been just been beating up people. And Johnny questions her about why he's so concerned about looking for what happened to Peter Parker and Spider-Man, but she won't explain why she's really concerned. But the fact that, like, people have started dying he gets Johnny to look into it, so he calls up his friends, Captain America and Daredevil. Because that's totally a super team that Johnny Storm would call. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Spider Craven keeps on attacking and killing people. And Jameson is taking advantage of the situation to call out all superheroes. And Flash Thompson, I just want to point out here, is being a really good friend. And he's, like, not taking advantage of the situation at all. Which, good for Flash Thompson. I mean, they're pals. Mm-hmm. And Torch ends up finding Spider-Man, and he recognizes that Spider-Craven does not recognize him, and then Spider-Craven ends up getting away, which convinces Johnny because the word of a woman and multiple reports of Spider-Man brutally attacking and or killing people is not enough, apparently. Mm-hmm. It's like that first Ant-Man story where uh, Janet like tries to say that her dad got murdered or is in trouble. And Hank Pym doesn't believe it until the ants tell him. Classic Hank. And then Daredevil comes in and he starts beating up Craven Spider. But the tables are quickly turned and Daredevil realizes that it was not Spider-Man's heartbeat at all. And it's like, okay. Could you have told that from like pretty far away? Yeah, it, it feels like padding. And then Captain America finds Craven, And like he ends up throwing civilians at Captain America so he can get away. And he also rambles about his mother. 
but the people are like now getting afraid of Spider-Man. And so Cap, Daredevil, and the Human Torch meet back up, and Mary Jane reveals that Spider-Man is Peter Parker. Meanwhile, Vermin tries to grab J. Jonah Jameson. Spider Craven shows up, and they face down until Craven ends up killing Vermin. Cap, Daredevil, and Johnny show up, and Craven runs back to his mansion, where they find out that he is Craven, and he's also been eating Spider-Man's flesh for power. And meanwhile, Jameson is really upset about how the superheroes treated him because they did sort of leave him alone in the street after he was assaulted by uh, Vermin. Well, they did. Only two of them did. Daredevil stayed with him. Ah, okay, okay. There's, even taking notes, there's so much, like, so the story does not make sense. Oh, for sure. Even though, actually, I thought Craven yelling at Captain America for being... The reason his mother killed himself at least made a hell of a lot more sense. The spider. Uh, I think this... Well, we'll talk to it once we get this story done. Uh, so Mary Jane then finds out that Peter's dead. Craven is put into an insane asylum. Mary Jane tries to tell Aunt May that Peter was Spider-Man and... Aunt May becomes a bitch. Yeah, she does not believe it and she pretty much disowns Mary Jane. And at the funeral, only a few people show up, and they talk about how Spider-Man's name is being dragged through the mud. So Mary Jane tries to set up a press conference to explain the attacks, but the media is incredibly skeptical. And then Jameson shows up, still injured from the fight. Johnny tries to get him to calm down, but there's a photo of him like grabbing Jameson's crutch, and so it's taken out of context. And it looks like Johnny was attacking Jameson. Jameson uses this to get the public completely against superheroes, so even the Avengers are forced to disband, and Mary Jane promises to try and fight the crusade against superheroes to bring superheroes back. That's the end. It it, it does not make sense, and I'd say the biggest thing is, like, Craven's last hunt could very easily go poorly. Oh, yeah. Like, we see, like... The What If has some art that is, like, referencing panels, but the art is nowhere near as good, and so it sort of looks goofy. Like, there's that panel of uh, Human Torch, Captain America, and Daredevil, like, teaming oh, up. Oh, yeah, that was a better panel. And it's like, yeah, no, yeah, like, you needed a better artist, at least, for this story. And then there were two other very short stories in the issue. There was What If the Living Recorder Had to Work on Earth. Part 2. Well, no, it's the second story in that issue. I looked back and there was no lead up to it. Oh, okay. I said we had to track down another issue to find out. Yeah, no, I I checked the other issues. And it was written and drawn by Gary Fields. And basically when a band's... Or when a microphone breaks, this band demands to be able to record their album... So they end up bringing it into the living recorder, who sighs and says, It's a living! Which, okay. And then there is uh, What If Daredevil Had a Dishonest Tailor, which was written by Henry Candelario with pencils by Rodney Ramos, inks by Chris Ivey, colors by Evelyn Stein, and letters by Brad K. Joyce, which takes place on another unknown universe. And it's basically Daredevil dressed in some really garish plaid as Punisher and Kingpin are both laughing at him. To which, I'm not gonna lie, I thought it could have been worse. I would have drawn yeah. something worse than that. Yeah, and I, I think the costume would actually be 
relatively effective just for the disorienting well, that's effects what I of thought, it. Because when I look at it, it's like kind of confusing and difficult to look at. Mm-hmm. So no, I agree. I feel like they should have been like polka dots or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Craven's Last Hunt is a really good story. The What If is not so good. And I think that's all we have to say about that. Craven's Last Hunt is the story that I keep hoping that they'll actually adapt into the new movie format. I'd like it, but we'd need to have like a few Spider-Man oh, movies agree. down the line. What I would love first. is for if they, in this movie, if they like introduced Craven the Hunter. And then like two movies from now, do Craven's Last Hunt. I can dig it. Yeah, definitely, definitely don't do it now. Because it, it, it needs, like, the setup. And now, you know what we can do right now? What? Trials of... The multiverse? Yes. Okay. So we have three universes to put on. The first is Earth-9009, which is what if Craven the Hunter had killed Spider-Man and... It, it's not one of our worst ones, but we have a very, like, top-heavy list. Yeah. So, like, where where are you thinking it might go? Currently, our list has 316 entries. So our current dividing line would be 158, which is Don Blake and Tony Stark were brothers. See, I actually like Don Blake and Tony Stark being brothers better. A lot better or just a little better? A little better. better. This is going to go in the bottom, I would say, though. Okay, so well, I will... Let's talk about how different this universe is. Most of the other universes do not end with J. Jonah Jameson being a jerk and asshole at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you say it compares to Spider-Man? Um, the, the one that I came up with. You mean the one we came up with? Yes, the one that we came up with. I think I like this better than Spider-Man. Okay. Is it better than what if Sea Storm had become the thing? Yes. Is it better than what if Spider-Man married Spider-Woman? Um, yes. Is it better than the uh, Spider-Parent clone robots? Yeah. Uh, I think that was a better yeah. issue. And like that didn't mess up a really good story. So I think like between those two spider stories is where it should go. Yeah. So Earth... 9009 Craven killed Spider-Man is our new number 183 and then we have what if the living recorder had to work on Earth I didn't really find it funny at all yeah this was yeah so we'll we'll go much further down how is it compared to Black Bolt hosted a television like talk Black show better. Uh, what if Luke was Red Skull I like Luke being Red Skull better uh, what if, uh, Batman Holy Terror? Um, this is better than Batman Holy Terror. Uh, how about The Thing Kept on Mutating? Um, uh, Thing Kept on Mutating is better. Put it in between there. Okay. So new number 283 is Earth, question mark, living, recorder records for a living. And then we have, what if Daredevil had a dishonest tailor? And that's another Earth question mark. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to the uh, Living Recorder? I like it better than the Living Recorder. By a lot or a little? Um, I don't know. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to uh, me being the Red Skull? I like this better than that. Uh, Black Bolt hosting I a like TV it show? I like that. 
Uh, what if the Hulk were yellow? Yeah, they're pretty comparable. I think this is a little bit better than Yellow Hulk. Okay, right above that is Howard the Chicken. I'll give it to Howard the Chicken. So we got some low ones rounding out that bottom. So Earth question mark, Plaid Devil. And that wraps us up for this week's normal episode. Join us later in the week for our Heroes Con special, where we will be putting on a bunch of universes from the What If sketchbook that I got at Heroes Con this past weekend. Uh, Multiverse Q is a weekly podcast. You can see the image gallery that goes up with each episode at MultiversalQ.com, along with the current list for Trials of the Multiverse. Uh, we also have a Patreon that you can support to get exclusive backer material when we record exclusive backer material, which is pretty much mm-hmm. weekly, or at least the uh, excised bits are weekly. And uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter. If you leave a review on uh, iTunes or uh, one of the other sites, let us know. We will read your review out loud. And, Devin, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at FredOfet, that's F-R-E-D-D-O-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. That wraps us up for this week. Would you eat a piece of Spider-Man to gain his strength? Mm, no. Because he only got the strength, that... he didn't get the... Like Radioactive blood? He didn't get the spider sense or any of that stuff. Well, then, until next week, I guess this piece of spider flesh is for Hank. Hank.